on this week's episode of Good For You. Friends don't let friends. Let their uteruses prolapse. Amen. Is it uteri? Uteri. Uteruses. uteruses. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone always goes for the I, even though that is not the correct. Uteri is like so much more sexy, you know? Uteri yeah, would be then- a great band name. <laughs> Got okay, it. We're, we're cut off. I'm cut off. That's it. I need to go okay. do some breath work <laughs> before <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good For You. Good for you, man. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you, a podcast about the things we ghosted, the purchases that haunt us, the best products, services, and industry happenings in the wellness, well-being, and spiritual space. We're going to give you a healthy little dose of fun. We're going to talk about the things that are happening in pop culture, the ones that got away, the things in our cart that are haunting us or ghosting us, our strong opinions that are loosely held. (laughs) We like to call this the Grex. The group text. The group text in your ear. So come say hello. Join us in the audio Grex, where friends don't let friends get Get scammed. Ethan was like, it was funny. I liked it. I'm glad you guys are back. Our number one fan. Yeah, I was like, I live with you. I'm funny all the time here. (laughs) Why don't you give that feedback to me all the time, babe, every day? (laughs) Probably because he mostly thinks you're funny, so. Dad, that. I'm going to see see him very soon. Can't fucking wait to get to LA. I really hit my point three weeks into January where I was like, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> You're like, okay, it's been two months and I don't know about this. Not even. I was here for two weeks in December. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the sunshine. Can't wait for Erewhon. Can't wait to meet Rhodes. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. What are you drinking right now? Do you have a good Bev? Okay, so I did peruse Whole Foods looking for something fun. This is my beverage. What is it called again? It is Sound Sparkling Water. I've heard that's good. Yeah, it's blood orange, vanilla, black tea with tea botanicals. But I will, it pours clear, which is creepy. Yeah, that's (laughs) because I was expecting black tea. That's unnerving. How about you? I'm just drinking an espresso with macadamia nut milk, and it's really good. Although I did have a pistachio latte this weekend, and I was like, yeah, pistachio milk is good. It was $7. So was it that good? IDK. But yeah, like Tash, right? That's the name of the pistachio milk. And it's so pretty. Yeah, It looks like Parisian or something. I'm weak for a pretty brand. I'm like, let me associate myself with you. Same. I'll go into credit card debt to buy some pistachio nut milk. Like that sounds fine. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I've decided I'm boycotting matcha lattes except for at two select establishments. I just wow. can't do it. I might as well just get a $4 tea than an $8 matcha, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially because a matcha can be hit or miss as we've discussed on this podcast before. Speaking of hacks, I've gotten a DM from someone about my Misto Starbucks hack. So Starbucks has rewards if you have the app, which you should just get it. Every time you buy something, you get like 50 stars, 150 stars, blah, blah, blah. So you can get things for free. And there are certain drinks that are free with a certain number of stars. So a Misto, a Cafe Misto is like 50 stars or 100 stars, something like that. It's really cheap points wise. A latte would be like 350 stars, you know, not worth it. So if you order your regular, regular latte, let's say with a couple shots Mm -hmm. and extra milk and 
Like your regular, regular, extremely specific latte. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like your your special drink, your special drink that's yeah, yeah, normally yeah. like eight dollars because you've made adjustments to it. You can order it as a cafe misto. Just like make all those adjustments and changes, or like make whatever. Let's say if you wanted a a white mocha, you could make that, but on a misto instead of on a latte, and it ends up being free. You can add as much as you want because you can it doesn't change the number of stars that it's worth. So it could end up being like $8 checkout wise, but you can use stars towards it and then it's free. That is a hack. It's a great hack. I've gotten so many great free drinks because of it. So you're welcome. There you go. (laughs) Honestly, if you want a cheaper, sweeter, kind of delicious matcha, Starbucks. It's like candy in a cup. (laughs) You really do. It's a good matcha for babies. (laughs) For big baby adults. (laughs) (laughs) That's me, big baby adult, BBA. BBA. Welcome to Bible study. We're all children of Jesus. So welcome to the pod. Second week back. We're here. We're matching in leopard. We are. (laughs) I'm also wearing a Nadam cashmere sweater right now. Oh, I got three things on sale that were like $300 for $70. And they're good cashmere because I was looking to replace some cashmere that had gotten shrunk in the wash that was very old. And I really like the three sweaters I got. They're a little oversized. Maybe that's just the styles I got, but they're super comfortable. Cashmere is part of the capsule wardrobe, which we will talk more about in this episode. (laughs) Oh, okay, man. We're just dropping dropping teasers left and right. (laughs) Well, I have a lot. So before we get into our 2023 predictions, we're going to talk about a good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Good for him. Good for you. This is scary. I've been thinking a lot about uterine prolapse because... I have (laughs) because I've been worried it's (laughs) happening to me. And I've also been thinking a lot about birth control because I have to go back on birth control Mm. in in the very near future. Mm -hmm. Now, my poison, my pick was an IUD and a diva cup when I was on my period. Do you what do you use Mm. when you're when you're when you're flowing? Are you just a thinks panties person or are you are you potentially a diva cup? I have been traditionally a thanks and this other brand panties person and then sometimes depending on what I'm doing still using tampons <laughs> your face tampons. tampons I could not anymore after I got my IUD I they no for some reason interesting too painful okay yeah. they've never bothered me that way I would prefer not to use them but I just never really got into diva cups I have nothing against them I just didn't get into the habit Listen, I was late to the Diva Cup game. I, for a while, was like, that's a little gross. I don't know if I want to do that. Then mm. eventually got into it because after I got my ID, I just couldn't use a tampon anymore. Too painful. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I have bad news for anyone who <laughs> uses a Diva Cup. You thought you were safe because I think that was the reason a lot of people use them, right? They don't have, they're made of silicone. So like they seem safer than tampons that can have a ton of toxin. I don't know, bleach and chemicals in them. Um, They're not pads. They're not leaking. And, you know, things underwear are great, except that they just got sued for having chemicals in their underwear, right? It's one of those things where their claims were not accurate. They're being sued for their claims, but there hasn't been, I think, a lot of claims that some people have actually gotten sick from it. Okay. That we know of. I mean, TBD, it's still not Good. Yeah. And like the founder of Thinks has a very bad reputation, but that's separate of the product or brand. I don't think she's been involved involved for a very long time. She's a mess. But I've got bad news if you are a Diva Cup user because 
thanks to TikTok, there have been many reports of Diva Cups pulling out or dislodging IUDs because the way that a Diva Cup works is you basically squish it together and then it sort of suctions out, like creates a little suction up in there and it can apparently pull your IUD out. My uterus was just like, ah. <laughs> I know, right? like <laughs> so clenching. I have what's it called? Phantom pain? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, but thanks to TikTok, people are realizing this isn't just a like, oh, not just it didn't just happen to me. It's happened to quite a few people. Um <laughs> and it's considered to be a rare occurrence, but I think the fact that it could even happen is a red flag. On top of that. Not only is it a rare occurrence, but potential that your IUD could pop out. It's actually a low, but still a chance that an, a diva cup can cause uterine prolapse. And uterine prolapse oh is basically where your uterus drops from its normal position into the pelvis. And it can cause discomfort and other symptoms, but it's when things get moved out of alignment. But it's the same thing. It's because of that diva cup suction can cause you potentially cause uterine prolapse <laughs> if you I guess have a weak pelvic floor um and it's oh, not like it's not a rare thing it's it's like a, a low there's a low likelihood it will happen but it can happen and it's happened to plenty of people and I think if you are maybe like me and you just had a baby and so you're at a higher risk for having uterine prolapse and then you use a diva cup it's like you're in the danger zone but I don't know I feel like you can't win. <laughs> if you have a uterus and you're trying to be on birth control or you're trying to have a period, you just can't win. And you just, it's, it's just going to be uncomfortable. So wait, with uterine prolapse, can you fix that with pelvic floor exercises? Yeah, you can. Sometimes I think it depends on the grade of uterine prolapse. Cause there's like full prolapse where your uterus is coming, like literally coming out of you or just kind of like it feels mm-hmm. It's it things are out of place that you might not even be able to feel so it. The uterus goes into the cervix and then and it can drop down the- out of the cervix, like through the vagina. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I think that pelvic floor, that physical therapy or pelvic floor work can really help, like just strengthen the muscles mm. and make sure everything's healthy down there. But sometimes you have to have surgery to fix it. Oh no! I just feel like what are what's a natural girly to do? You know, like they make it really hard for you to be someone who's like not on hormones. I think bring back vasectomies. Where did they go? Why does no one talk about them anymore? Normalize like, vasectomies. You can reverse them. Yeah, exactly. 100%. It's an outpatient procedure. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's like you got to ice your balls for like an hour. It seems like a vasectomy is not as painful as getting an IUD inserted. Because I will tell no. you, getting my IUD inserted was like labor. Like I've, I've done both. It was as painful as going through labor. I heard, I'm pretty sure it was on like an NPR podcast not too long ago. There was this call in question about male birth control and like, what's the status of it? Why is there so little research? What's going on? And the host was talking about this um, study in, I want to say Germany, and I should find this and link it, but it was about men basically putting their balls in a little hot tub. Yes, I heard about this. It kills the sperm for several days. Wasn't it like a couple weeks? Oh, maybe it's weeks. But it's it's just like a warm little bath and it like kind of... A ball them. bath. Honestly, like more <laughs> men should do it. 
a scrotal spa, you know, like just, yeah, <laughs> yeah everything's exactly. cozy in there. Sounds like the least painful thing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the least they could do. <laughs> yeah. Sounds relaxing, honestly. Yeah. So uh, I just saw this. I also it made me think of how interesting TikTok is just as a way for people to communicate their health conditions. Like the fact that so yeah. many people are self-diagnosing mental health conditions because of TikTok for better or worse, that a lot of people who have periods reported on TikTok that the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine messed with their period cycle. And then only later after mm-hmm. women started reporting it publicly in the media, did anyone bother to study it? I just think it's so interesting and a little scary. Don't believe everything you hear on TikTok, but maybe believe some of it. So IUDs and Diva Cups, I guess, enter at your own risk. And same thing with Diva Cups and uterine prolapse. If you don't have a super strong, if you don't have a six pack on your pelvic floor, I don't know, tread lightly. I am dying for more innovation in this space, but I'm not hopeful because there are a lot of options. They just all suck mostly. (laughs) You know, I really like the disc instead of the diva mm, cup, right. which doesn't, it's mm-hmm. not suctiony. So maybe if that's what you're looking for, the Isn't disc it just is cool. like a stopper, like a plug. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just not, it's not, um, it's not as eco-friendly cause you can't reuse it over and over again. Mm. Um, you have to toss right. it, but your uterus won't fall out of your vagina. So that's cool. Well, good for you. The diva cup. Maybe not. <laughs> good for, good so for, no. maybe, maybe good for you, but maybe not. And also watch out for your period panties. Ugh, to have a uterus. Just can't catch a break. Well, it's weird because I have this weird feeling that like I'm a human being, like living in a world, but it feels like I'm not in a world. Does that make sense? Should we talk about our sexy unique scams? Should we just get into it, which is predictions? Did you decide are they a sexy unique scam or not? I think they're a helpful way for us to mark the passage of time where it allows us to reflect on what's happening in culture versus just thinking on an annual or quarterly basis. But I think the way the media cycle uses trends so casually, it becomes one of those words that loses its meaning pretty quickly. What do you think? I like that. I I like the reframe of a trend doesn't just happen every year. Sometimes a trend cycle can be like three years of everyone loving mushroom Mm -hmm. coffee, right? And then it sort of slowly Mm -hmm. begins to follow the favor. It's not like as soon as the calendar year flips, we're into something new automatically, which is kind of a no brainer. But you you just you phrased it really nicely because we typically do predictions at the top of a year. So you would think they would go hand in hand. And I think trends may hit you or they might not. In the face or yeah, in the exactly. back of the head. Exactly. <laughs> Kick your ass on the way out. It just kind of depends on like how deep you are in a space. Because like you might, it's almost like the closer you are to the center, the more of the ripple of the trend you'll feel versus if you're on the outside, mm. like let's say you're not super dialed into fashion, you're not going to feel the ripples of what's happening at like Paris Fashion Week probably in your fashion sense or style for a couple of years. And it might even be oh so briefly. Same thing like in wellness. Like if you're not super dialed into the wellness space, some of these trends, you might be like, I don't even know what that's about. I'm not even on kombucha yet. I mean, if you're listening to podcasts, (laughs) you definitely are. But that sort of long tail trend, by the time it reaches the masses, it's not a trend anymore, right? Mm, I feel like it could still be a trend. It's just not a counterculture trend when it's reached the masses. Yeah. It's reached mass appeal. Like oat milk is a trend, but it's definitely reached the masses, right? We've said this on the podcast before. Dairy's making a comeback. 
just we're going yes. full fat. We're going cow's milk. We are going 1950s, like gimme cream on top. I want all the dairy. Yes. Um, I wrote here, hot girls fart. Even though we <laughs> are lactose intolerant, we are still drinking dairy because it's maybe better for us than like all these processed milks like oat milk and whatever. Uh, macadamia nut milk with added seven has eight grams of added sugar in it. That's a lot of added sugar. I checked because it was so sweet. So I think dairy is going to make a comeback. Cool people are going to be like, I have a stomach problem. I'm a little bloated. And I do think that we're going to see maybe some more probiotic. I think there's going to be like a pick and shovel industry that comes out of the dairy coming back. And I think that's going to be lactose intolerance, lactate pills. Why hasn't someone made a very cool lactose intolerance pill? Cool brand. Right? Like, so true. It really just is called lactate or something. Literally. it's it, The branding has not changed since the 90s. We need a Gen Z lactate pill. Yeah. So I think I predict that milk will be back and we will be, everyone will try to drink it again. And there will be some, some little brands that pop up out of that. Do you still think soy milk is making a comeback? Because I feel like it's kind of just stayed in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Soy, soy milk is like the little engine that could. The little... GMO engine that could. I think it needs a rebrand, also not silk. Like it needs a Gen Z, a new brand to come in and be like, by the way, like soy doesn't give you boobs. Right. Because also, of course, naturally, there's all of those studies that have come out recently being like, actually, soy is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, it comes from some of the places where there are blue zones, like, you know, in yeah. Asia where they eat soy all the time. It, it can't be that bad for you. Uh, so I think maybe a rebrand. Maybe we should start a soy milk brand. We could be soy boy, girl, <laughs> guy. We need to rebrand soy boy into something cool. Like soy boy core. Soy they. <laughs> it's like oy vey, but soy they. Um, all right. I'll go to my liquid adjacent. This is not news, but I think we're going to still see huge and sustaining interest in the sober curious movement and even better mocktail alternatives like mocktail boxes or subscription boxes that have people making more interesting recipes. I think people are going to get continue to really hone that as a niche. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think product development in that world is going to go away because sober curious or just drinking less is still very much on the rise. I agree. There just aren't that many really great competitors. So I'm happy to say that I think that that will continue and it deserves some better competition because we've tried a lot of bad stuff out there. <laughs> we, we definitely did. One of the problems I think with, or not problems, like hurdles to overcome in the non-alcoholic space is it kind of doesn't know what it is. Like some drinks just are basically mm -hmm. a glorified juice. Others are trying to be like yeah. a mezcal with no alcohol. And others are still mm -hmm. like kin. So they give you some sort of like feeling, but they're using botanicals and it's not an alcohol. Do you think that we're going to go in any one direction or all of those are going to kind of pro proliferate? Okay. One trend that I feel like could happen and go away quickly is like homemade sodas. Mm -hmm. That's already been trending a little bit on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Using sparkling water with some natural sugar uh, kind of syrups and herbal syrups and botanical stuff. I think that's going to continue maybe in the niche markets, but I mm -hmm. feel like Olipop, but less sweet is going to be mm -hmm. on the market because I think Olipop is great, but it's very sweet. And it makes you fart. Hot girls fart. Very fibrous. Yeah. <laughs> Prebiotic yeah. also. 
Yeah. I think that that's right. Like the, do you remember those Mayo little Mayo things? You can still buy them. They're basically like flavoring that you add to water. You can add to seltzer kind of makes like a soda, Yes, but they're not that healthy. You know, they've got chemicals in them. I think that we're going to, we'll probably see like a botanical healthy version of that. Yeah. I would like to see that. I would purchase. I'd drink that. I'd drink the shit out of that. Do me a favor. Don't do me no favors. Don't talk to me until I have my morning. Liquid. Don't talk to me until I have my morning. Cow's milk. Okay. What's your next category? Okay. My next category is menopause. I think that I've seen quite a few brands develop around menopause. Naomi Watts just Mm. like did a huge campaign on menopause awareness. Cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. There's a brand that I just checked out called Micropause and they're using psychedelics to help women who are going through menopause like deal with it and the the physical and mental side effects of going through menopause. Uh, It's pretty cool. And I think that this is an extension of the sexual like sort of sexual awareness and sexual health, um, pleasure conversation that was happening mm -hmm, in the last couple of years, uh, which totally makes sense. I've even seen some brands, um, totally blanking off the top, uh, that are talking about sexual health and pleasure during menopause and how to reach that Mm. and using an app to help you like understand your body a little bit better. So I think we're going to continue to see that. And I think that's really important and really cool. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> business. I mean, like, it's so easy to be like, well, that's not for me, but it's going to be for us eventually. Oh. Right. Like, and yes, exactly. I think as Gen X and millennials are getting older, like, you know, some millennials are probably reaching perimenopause stage. We're only yeah. going to see more of that. I love that. I hope that comes true. And I'm in full support. And my same category prediction is that there is going to be a boon for boomer care, but I don't think it's just the boomer generation that needs elderly care. So I think Mm -hmm. there's going to be just generally a boom in the apps and the content dedicated towards elderly care and assisted living, because we're now entering just such a interesting stage, even with the housing market and what that means for people to be able to afford like assisted living. And there's such a premium right now on assisted living and a lot of people who can't partake in that. So that means intergenerational families are becoming kind of a norm again in different Mm -hmm. places and cities. And I think there's such a huge need in the population for service that is not white glove service in that sector. We need like the Airbnb of elderly care, you know, like before you could only stay in a hotel and it was so expensive. We need the same thing for elderly care because it is insane. Like you think your rent is expensive? Try living in an old person's house or a nursing home. It's insane. And then also added to this is that a huge problem, um, not only for elderly people, but it's just like loneliness in older Mm -hmm. age. Like if you if you have a spouse that passes away or if you're living alone to begin with, it becomes even more of an isolating time. And there's a lot of different services that are needed and also just content in terms of education. I know somebody who's working on like the content part now and a company now for this. And I'm like, yeah, it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On that note, I've been thinking a lot about something that I have needed over the last couple of weeks, which is a meal delivery service for people who are sick 
or who are, you know, getting over something like a surgery. My mother-in-law has been in the hospital a couple of times over the last couple of months. And I've wanted to send her because they're in Boston. I've wanted to send them food because it's so helpful. Like we had a meal, have a meal train. Oh my God, that hospital our, food also. Yes. Hospital food's terrible and not, not good for like, certainly not helpful for healing, but we had a meal train while, um, you know, recovering postpartum. It's been so helpful and I want to send her something, but it's, it's impossible to find a meal plan that kind of delivers, I don't know, 15 meals just once it's, there's nothing out there like that. I think that that is so needed. That could be postpartum care. That could be elderly care. Like that could be for people that have chronic illness, which we're definitely going to see because of long COVID, like the number of people who have chronic illness is going to go up and up. So if anyone wants to start that business, I'll invest in it. <laughs> Seriously. I, it's also making me think of the fourth trimester, which was one of Pinterest uh, trend predictions. And I feel like there has been an uptick in postpartum like meal, not necessarily delivery services, but different kinds of services around that. I guess my full prediction is that I think we'll see slowly starting this year, more resources around that. I don't know if that means there will be, you know, actual startups happening in that space or tech um, emerging, but I think we'll start to see that becoming more part of the conversation as a need. I hope so. My next trend, (laughs) just to take left turn, is I think candy is going to come back. (laughs) I think candy, we're open to it. Apparently Gen Z loves it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Gen Z loves candy. Who doesn't love candy? And there are only really two good sort of gummy candy, fruity candy brands on the market, Smart Sweets and Behave. And I just think that there is so much opportunity for there to be competition there. Think about how many chocolate bars there are and healthy types of chocolate exist and brands that exist in that category. Candy is ripe for disruption. And there are so Mm -hmm. many candies that you could either iterate on and make like a healthy version of or make something brand new. So I think that we're going to see in Erewhon on the Isles of Erewhon, a candy aisle, period. Mm. That's it. That's my prediction. I'm into that. And I feel like that goes with the movement of full dairy, bring full (laughs) dairy back. (laughs) People are like, let me live. (laughs) Well, also, I think that's kind of this full circle moment of in a way, it's like the whole food revival. Mm hmm. Maybe, maybe it's also like a little Y2K, you know, we were eating a lot of candy and drinking a lot of soda. What about your next prediction? My next one is kind of uh, a broad speculation about the labor, about labor movements. And my two specific examples are that with all of these layoffs and budget cuts happening and just like rollback of uh, hiring, I think the intern is going to make a comeback. Really? (laughs) And that means the interns still in most states, I don't know exactly how it is federally here, but like in Canada, you can't have an unpaid internship now. And I think in most states here, internships have to be paid or yes. for school credit. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a return of more intern opportunities while these companies still need labor, but they're trying to cut back on costs. And headcount usually is such an incredible cost to the company, especially because in these tech companies, the salaries have been so bloated for so long. And I think that that's not going to come back very quickly. So that's just kind of a little speculation that you're going to see more internship positions, which is great for some reasons, Um, not great for other reasons. But (laughs) Okay. I totally thought you were going to say like unions were going to make a comeback, but I love 
Well, well you getting there. kind of are. <laughs> but I like this interns, interns making a comeback because yeah. I think you're right. It does reek a little bit of 2007, you know, like yeah. where you yeah. really couldn't get a job. You could only get an internship and get paid like $10 an hour. And that was just how it went. And that movie with Robert De Niro, I'm pretty sure. It's, uh, it's got some lessons <laughs> for, for the times. It revisit it's that. True. It's true. Yeah, I guess I said labor movements and then I didn't refer to any. So <laughs> what I mean by that in the second part is that I do think we're going to see continued unionization in the film and maybe restaurant sectors because both have very hard working conditions, have been seriously affected by the pandemic and then coming back to work have been affected by all of the different things like in in the film and streaming world, just what's happening there. And I think my cousin made a point the other day who I saw, she was like, I think the baristas in lower Manhattan make more than all of the servers. And I was like, you know what? If you think about tip and baristas who make minimum wage and the I'm pretty sure New York servers minimum is still like $2. And I think people are going out to eat a little bit less as costs of just dining out and food is well, so high right now. The volume is more going to be more at a coffee shop no matter what. Yes, exactly. So I think there's going to be a shift in kind of the restaurant and fine dining world. And one of the, I feel like harbingers to that was Renee Redzepi or announcing that he's going to shut down Noma and it's in Copenhagen, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The best, apparently the best restaurant in the world. Right. And there was a lot of kind of different discussions around this article that was in the New York Times, I think last week. But I think what was interesting about it is people were kind of ragging on him for being like, well, we can't just really treat people more fairly. So we're just going to shut the operation down. (laughs) And people were like, or you could pay people better and have better hours. And like, you know, there was some feedback to that. And I think Although I totally agree with that. I think he was kind of like, no, I actually just don't want to participate in this industry anymore because I think fine dining is so fucked up is what I got from it a little bit. Not to say he's perfect. He sounds like quite a piece of work, but that kind of all pointed me to think like, ooh, there's going to be some shifts here in this, in this world. So labor movements, I think in restaurant and film more specifically. I think you're right. And I was actually thinking about this as a business opportunity <laughs> a while ago of like, what mm. what could we take from another industry that's desperately needed in the wellness space? And I think for independent contractors who are healers and practitioners, you know, there's a freelancers union. I think that there should be a yeah. more specific union for practitioners, like for people who are in wellness and healthcare, but not like working at a hospital and a union there because... I mean, think about like the the way that people rate themselves or where their rates are, just like the sort of like vast difference between people. You could be charging $25 for a session or $400 for a session. And like, that's crazy. So I wonder if there's going to be an astrology union or astrologers there union, should be. you know, or like a psychics union. <laughs> I don't know. But I think that's an interesting concept. I like it. I like where you have that. <laughs> Okay, let's do best two. My first is a trend prediction of what I think is going to increase over the next year or so. I think that we're going to see more psychedelic parties for therapeutic use, ketamine Mm -hmm. parties, and combo parties. Combo is the frog venom. Mm -hmm. 
I think combo is the new ayahuasca, but it's like much more manageable. You could do it on a Friday night and then like whatever, go meet your friends for brunch on Saturday morning versus ayahuasca. Not so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, like TBD, there's definitely a conversation to be had about appropriation and combo Mm -hmm. and these types of medicines, especially all psychedelics. Um, But ketamine, because it's, I think, lab made, (laughs) it's a little more uh, in in a safe zone uh, if we're going to talk about appropriation. And it's just becoming more and more popular. You can get ketamine delivered to your house to give yourself um, a psychedelic experience if you want to. But I think that people are going to want to do that together in community with their friends, not partying on ketamine, but like doing a conscious ketamine circle. Oh, I like that. I, <laughs> so, I partake. Sign me up. I know. I'm, Although I'm scared because I've only too. been a, in a ketamine hole. <laughs> <laughs> You're like that scene in Get Out where he's like going down, yeah. down, down. Yep. I went to the sunken place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I think just in general, we're going to see more psychedelic parties more as like, you know, mushrooms get legalized uh, in more places and hopefully other psychedelics for for help and i love this i think people are going to use them thoughtfully um what's your next trend prediction in the relationship category this is a two-parter okay the first part is i think there's going to be a rise in boutique matchmaking services Ooh. Kind of related, but in in a different relationship status place, I think there's going to be a rise, and we've already seen this, in focus on friendship discourse, like how to maintain friendships over all of these life changes, how to meet new friends. Like I think we're going to see a continued focus on friendship content because I swear that's what Esther Perel is focusing on right now in her research and studies, and you know mm-hmm. she's going to come out with something big. Mm-hmm. In the matchmaking services, I have a specific anecdotal example of being at Second Home and overhearing this duo who were running a matchmaking service and just being like, wow, that makes so much sense to me that that's Mm -hmm. happening right now. I had a friend who contemplated signing up for one before she met her partner. And I think that with everyone's struggles with the apps, You just can't replace that human touch, the curation, the networking that would come out of like a boutique, you know, real person service. So I think we're going to see more of those. I think that's brilliant. You're brilliant. And matchmaking in particular, I think is... (laughs) Right. We are are already partnered up, but we should definitely do a matchmaking service. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's predict. No, I was going to say you and Ethan, I feel like are actually like... You're good at that. You're good at introducing people and also being like, ooh, would they work out? Well, you know, I'm just always trying to get my friends laid. So that's it. But (laughs) I think on the matchmaking thing, it is definitely a response to being on apps and people pretty much judging only based off of appearance. And one thing I've noticed with my friends who have done gone to matchmakers is they often are matched with someone who they wouldn't be physically attracted to and wouldn't mm. like initially be like, yeah, so excited to talk to this person. But once they yeah. sit down and have some spend some time with them, it goes well. So I think you're right. And I think we need that. Yes. Bring it on. Okay. What's your last one? Okay. My last trend is what I think is actually going to flop in its flop era from our latest trend cycle. It's two things. First, clean beauty. Clean beauty is in its flop era. I don't think that it's important anymore. Sephora is getting sued based off of like the fake clean beauty standards that it created. I just don't think that people care as much about it anymore and kind of know that it's all marketing and fake. Uh, So I think we're going to see that go by the wayside. And 
overconsumption. It is not cool to overconsume anymore. We were in this moment of the pandemic and sort of just like accumulating and buying online and all the things, right? Um, mm-hmm. Showing our wealth. And I think that overconsumption is no longer sexy, um, even if you have a lot of money. And in response to that, I think we're going to see a sort of Marie Kondo movement come mm. back where people are decluttering. And I think that's where thingies can come in and help you organize <laughs> <Yes>. your house. <laughs> A hundred percent. We need to have a meeting about thingies because I've been thinking about it all weekend, basically. Side note, I did buy two of Marie Kondo's shoe racks from the container store. And I was like, damn it, these are good. Okay. (laughs) But it's Marie. It's not the container store. And I'm sure they were very expensive. Uh, They were unreasonably expensive for (laughs) what they are, but not too expensive that I feel duped. I was like, I feel good about this purchase. Okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. My last, last one is similar to what you were saying, actually, is that um, capsule wardrobes are going to continue to rise. So sustainable fashion in, minimalist shopping in, capsule wardrobes done. So my addition to this is actually something that I feel like you've called out is the personalization of wardrobes and makeup through your colors. Yes, color theory. I think that there's going to be even more kind of capsule wardrobe curation that will be based on your colors or it'll be based on like some personality type or some kind of archetype. And it'll help people almost like sell the services of doing style edits and helping people curate and create their capsule wardrobe. And I do think there's an option for more sustainable rental companies to do like seasonal rentals or things that are just not as frequent, but still are sustainable for them as a business model. So maybe it's like a wedding season rental that you rent just for the year, or it's like a summer wardrobe. I don't know. I love that idea. Like a season, just like a fashion season, like here's your capsule for the summer. Cause that's kind of I don't know. That's kind of how I dress anyways. Like, like, yeah. okay, these are my things in rotation for, yeah, for, for the fall or for the beginning of the year. And then I cycle them out. Exactly. Love that. There's a lot of good business ideas in these trends and predictions. So if anyone know, starts a business like, based off of these, will you please let us know? Ideas. Let us invest. We are interested. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Remember us when you're rich and famous, please. Shut us up. Come the pod. <laughs> um, um, which trend do you hope the most to come true if we only had one? Oh, it's really hard. I don't know because I have a few that I didn't <laughs> that I haven't said yet that I'm like, mm, it's kind of out there. Oh, do you want to give me a hint? Social media. I want a new social media app that is not be real. And I want that to come true this year. <laughs> Amen, sister. How about you? I think for me, it's candy. <laughs> I'm a simple yeah, girl. Yeah, <laughs> Bring candy back. Bring candy back. <laughs> I yeah, like I just, I, I think that with the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory coming out with Timmy, Timothy Chalamet, there's an opportunity for someone to launch and be the Willy Wonka of healthy candy. I want that. I want just, I want bright colors. I want sweet treats in my mouth. I want to not feel bad about eating them. And I don't want them to have sugar. And I think this is doable. Like this is doable for someone, for a woman in STEM out there who likes chemicals. Yep. Who likes chemicals? Not for me, but for someone else. Women in STEM, what up? Dear ghouls, thank you for listening to our insane predictions. We hope you like them. And we can't wait to hear from you. We On Spotify, people can write little messages to us, right? 
<laughs> yes, they can. You can tell us what you thought of the episode. Maybe I'll make a little poll for this episode about the trends and see which one you guys vote for. But you can write to us at Good For You Pod on IG. And if you subscribe on Spotify or if you're on Spotify, hit subscribe and give us a little star, a five-star rating. That really helps us get found by other people. And Spotify has this new discovery tab so you can find like-minded podcasts. It really helps us when you send us to your friends, when you subscribe, when you give us reviews on both Apple and Spotify. So thanks for helping us out. We love making this for you. We want to thank Maureen for our five-star review. Maureen says, nutrient-rich candy. Found this pod back when the 12th house went on a break. We were on a break for a bit and now I am obsessed. The vibe is adaptogenic cotton candy. Hell yeah. Love feeling challenged by their ideas from time to time as well. (laughs) We do have, sometimes we are challenging. (laughs) Thanks for being my parasocial besties and making me laugh. XOXO gossip girl. Maureen. Ugh. You're amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Glad that you continue to listen, even though we perhaps don't see eye to eye on everything. That's what makes friendship interesting, right? That's the spice of life. That's what makes podcasts parasocial. We'd like to be (laughs) a little bit more directly social. So follow (laughs) us. Actually social. (laughs) Yeah. If you follow us on Good For You Pod on IG, we will chat back. Promise. We will. Thanks for listening. If you're not already subscribed, do it. Well, that's it. Have a great summer. <laughs> Don't change. For you.